Our Sweet 16 brackets are back, and just in time for Halloween, we're competing your favorite fears head-to-head -to, -head to find out the best one, which will be our spookiest Halloween fear. Stick around, it's coming up next. This is Up For Debate, episode number 93, recorded October 25th, 2017. Cheers for fears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up For Debate, the podcast with the spookiest topics you'll see around. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the Crypt Keeper himself, Mr. Matt Mariani, uh, over there doing the Monster Mash. Ooh... Pretty spooky entrance here, scary Sean Jennings. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that our extent of scary stuff is we're like introducing scary Matt and I'm <laughs> scary Sean. Mm. I think that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, skeleton Sean. Sean the skeleton, keeper of right. the skeleton. I'd quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I'm going to want to let that one go. Matt, this is an exciting episode for us. Because our Sweet 16 bracket is back. We've done this twice before on the show. If people haven't listened to Matt, you might not even know this. Uh, according to our stats, our most popular episodes ever, among them, in the, in the top two or three, was when we did novelty songs. The best novelty song, Sweet 16. And do you remember the winner of that bracket, Matt? That was the hit song... Uh... Nope, I cannot remember it. I cannot remember what that song was. Matt, it was sing, sing a couple bars and I'll 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 be able to remember it. Uh how does how does it go? It was uh, the safety dance. No the safety it, dance? No, that, no, that's not a novelty song. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes began a an eerie sight. Oh man, I used to know the words to this. But to my surprise, they did the mash. They did the monster mash, the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. I sound just like Bobby Pickett, don't I? That sounded like a little bit like Elvis. A little bit. Oh, like Elvis There's doing the monster here. mash. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like um, that. Elvis in his prime. Yes. Classic vintage Elvis. Yeah, no one wants vintage. fat Elvis. Yeah. Speaking of vintage, um, before we begin this episode, uh, I'm drinking a, a vintage beverage right here. Oh, is it like a Jolt Cola? Oh no, you got it's look at that. Smooth vanilla Coke. Goes down smooth. Tastes like nothing else. The crisp, refreshing, tasty flavor of vanilla Coke. Uh Sean, the only thing that's scary about this vanilla Coke is and I guess the sugar. There's an awful yes, lot of the sugar. The diabetes, that's, yes. That's pretty scary too. But uh drink vanilla Coke and have a happy and safe Halloween. Wow. This message not brought to you by Coca-Cola. Uh, yes, I love vanilla Coke as well. We've never done a soda episode. Why haven't we done a soda episode? I'm sure we have. No, we definitely have That was haven't. probably like our first or second episode. No. Like that, that's, there's no way we haven't done a soda I'm writing episode. this down. I'm writing this down. Soda. There's no way we haven't done an episode where we both that's challenge each other to drink disgusting soda. Ooh. How have we not done that? I'm have you ever had that like a stevia, like weird fake sugar soda? No. I'm going to order you a bunch well, of stuff at your house. Have you ever had soda? No. Okay. So I'm going to order one of those and send that to your All house. All right. We're going to do a crazy soda episode, but we can't do that because we're doing fears tonight, Matt. We've got 16. I'll hold up to the camera if you're watching the video version. There is our bracket. I've got a printed copy. You can check it out. 
Uh, it is uh, like a Sweet 16, like March Madness, but we got Fears listed on here. We got 16 of them. Now, Matt, before we get into this, I want to mention a couple things right off the top. One, uh, and I think this is important, many people in this country suffer with fears. It is a, a debilitating thing, and I don't want people to think we're making light of it. We are a, a fun and funny show, and we're going to crack some jokes here, but you know, it's important for people not to feel uh, offended or, or irritated that, that we may call their fear dumb or irresponsible. We realize people don't get to choose the fears they have. Um, we're just doing this for entertainment purposes, so please, no one take offense. Second, I'd also like to mention that we are not doctors or licensed uh, medical physicians. So we're not, uh, believe it or not. I know, I know 93 episodes in people shouldn't be surprised, but I say that for two reasons. One, we don't diagnose things in people. And two, I'm going to try to pronounce these Latin sounding names of the fears. And if they're wicked wrong, please, I don't care. So any disclaimers you'd like to put in front, Matt? Um, the only disclaimer I have is, you know, drink this tasty vanilla Coke responsibly. You don't want to drink an entire case of it. I know as tempting and as uh, good as it is, but please enjoy your vanilla Coke responsibly. Wow. Thank you for that. Also, you know, Halloween's coming up. You're going to do some trick or treating. Um, you're going to want to do some, uh, candy eating as well. Be uh, be conscientious and responsible while eating your candy. Don't just eat it all at once. It's a good way to get a tummy ache. So, wow, we're just good, full of good tips for people, uh, which is very unusual. Now, uh, Matt, I don't know if you gave mm -hmm. any because apparently we've had criticism in the past that you and I don't come very prepared to the program, which is shocking to me. So I'll ask you. Yeah. I this is, I prepare for this like it's my job. Well, exactly. So have you thought about the criteria on which you will be judging these fears? Because they're going to go, this is not where we talk about the best. I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, head head-to-head, the fears will compete, and we have to pick a winner each time. So have you considered any criteria you'll be using to cast your vote? Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to be evaluating this on a fear rubric. All right, it's a scale based on the severity of the fear, um, based on the rotation of the fear, like how debilitating that fear is. So that's really my criteria going in. I'm, I'm trying to see how the fear like can permanently affect people, uh, how widespread it is, um, and that's really that's really it. Just trying to go in and, and just see how Im impacting it is also like how common, like not common, but like, you know, I think a fear of a, uh, being stared at by ducks is going to be less, you know, impactful than a fear of spiders or something that you're going to see in, in like everyday life. How many spiders so do you let's, see? Let's see which fear is truly the one with the least cheer. Mm, very true. Now, I'll be looking at, Matt, because I think we're in a lot of agreement. I'll be looking at three key things when it comes to judging fears. The first is, you mentioned it as well, rate of occurrence. How common are these fears? A good fear should be somewhat common. I think the second thing for me is danger level. How dangerous is the thing you're afraid of? A good fear, if you're afraid of hugs, that's kind of a crappy fear because there's not a lot of danger there. You want to be afraid of something with bite, right? The last one, and I think this is an interesting metric, positive outcomes of your fear. Because we don't want to think of fears as bad things necessarily. Fears can be good things. They keep you safe. If you're afraid of 
of of guns, that's good. If you're afraid of clouds, not really. I, I you know we'll have to work in trying to figure out what the upside of that is. But um, I'm going to look for those things as we go those here. Matt, would you like to to hear our first matchup? Bring it on. And I, I think this is a classic. Uh, very common fear, some of the most common in America. We're going to do arachnophobia versus ophidiophobia, which is the fear of spiders versus the fear of snakes. All right. All right. Here we go. Spiders versus snakes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay. Coming out of the gate. I'm giving this fear uh, some careful consideration. This is a tough one, by the way, just you know, evaluating it on face value. Uh, both of these things, spiders and snakes, um, I would say the legitimacy factor is pretty high. Like, yeah, like spiders can hurt you. Snakes can hurt you for sure. Um, all right, now let's go to the next level. All right, we're talking about practicality and application, Okay. How can I apply that? Um, I think that right now I'm leaning towards one of these very strongly. Okay. I'm leaning towards one of them very strongly because I think that, well, I want to hear your opinion on it first. Okay. But I think that one of these is definitely a uh, more debilitating and, and, um, appropriate fear than the other one but i want to i want to get your thoughts on that okay what do you what do you think fair enough uh yeah you know looking looking at those three metrics i agree i think both have a certain level of danger associated with them there are poisonous and deadly versions of each although i think people overthink the danger aspects most snakes and spiders you will run into in your daily life tend not to be poisonous um Maybe they're creepy, but they're not necessarily dangerous. They're not going to kill you for the most part, unless you live in the Amazon or Australia or somewhere where they actually do that. North America, not really a big issue. Rate of occurrence. I'm kind of split on this one because, again, I would say spiders are more common than snakes, but the spiders that are more common are smaller and weaker than the snakes you might run into more commonly. And lastly, what are some positive, obviously, they're both have positives, right? Because those creatures can kill you. So it's good to have those fears. It keeps you alive. It keeps you safe. Um, And I would also argue that both fears keep you away from zoos, which for some people might be good. Maybe they don't like the zoo and they need an excuse to not go when they're invited. So I think there is an upside there as well. We got to look at the bright side here. If I have to pick the better fear of the two, I'm going to go with spider. Spiders being the better fear, and here is why. I think snakes are cool. I think spiders are more visually scary than snakes. Because they some are hairy, some aren't. They've got all the extra legs. Snakes are just like tubes that move around. And I think that uh, it's a better fear because snakes... You, you, snakes are cool pets. Spiders are weird pets. You know what I'm saying? I just think that snakes are more acceptable in society than spiders are therefore it makes more sense to be fearful of them matt where do you land okay um this is good because i was leaning way towards snakes and i still am snakes as the better fear um i'm gonna make the argument that um the difficulty in overcoming the fear should 
play a role in how good, how strong the fear is. Sure. And I think it is more difficult, not that you know, I'm a therapist or anything, <laughs> but I'm going to say it's probably more difficult to overcome a fear of snakes than it is a fear of spiders because it is just more natural to be able, like, you can kill a spider way easier, way easier than Very you true. can kill a snake. I, I agree. Okay. Just our natural defense mechanisms, you know, we could step on a spider um, or we could squish a spider, but a snake, you got to you gotta probably get some kind of tool to take it out. Like, you're probably not going to wrestle that thing with your bare hands. Also, um, snakes are, are, are more natural um, – how do I word this? They're more – when we encounter a snake in nature – it is more likely to be more. It's definitely more likely to be the aggressor than a spider is. Uh, snakes are very territorial. They're not going to go out of their way to try to hunt you. But if you stumble on a snake's nest, I think that a snake would be, you'd have a higher likelihood of the snake uh, re recoiling and striking at you than a spider, which there's a pretty good chance it might just run away because you're way bigger than it. You're like a continent to a spider yeah um yeah but you know what on the, so i'm gonna say on the flip side that, of your argument i don't mean to interrupt you but you know i'm gonna take your argument and i'm gonna turn it around because while i agree snakes are there's a reason to fear them because they are larger and therefore harder to kill i would argue spiders are scarier because they are smaller and harder to detect a spider can sneak up on you a spider can fall on you a spider can get in your clothes in a way a snake really couldn't at least not easily or without being noticed there's a surprise element associated with spiders I mean that's fair. There, a snake. I mean, a spider can definitely go without detection. But does that really mean that it's scarier? I think that a snake, a snake can just as easily go without detection. It can hide in corners. It can hide in sheds. It can hide in uh, dark places. Um, it can it can be right behind you right now, right by your feet, trying to like take a nice bite out of your ankle. Um, when you're in the woods, for example, like you'll never see a camouflage snake until it's too late. But the same for a spider. Um, same for a spider, but I I still maintain that the snake is scarier because it it is much more likely to attack you in nature than a, than a spider. But again, we have to remember, and this is gonna we're, I know we're gonna keep running into this. It's not about which animal is scarier. It's about which is the better fear for someone to have. And Matt, in the interest of time, because we have to get through eight of these head-to-heads in an hour, um, I am going to, I will compromise and I'll agree, because we do have a tiebreaker situation, you know, <laughs> if we need it, we have it. I don't think we need it. I will agree with you that snakes are the better fear, as long as we agree that the snake is the cooler animal. Yeah, oh, okay. totally. Sold. I'll take it. Snakes are moving on to the next, to the, to the Elite Eight in our tournament. I keep writing snacks. A fear of snacks, but that's not right. It's snakes. <laughs> Those are very different things. All right, Matt, next up, we're going to jump around on the bracket a bit because we kind of did like 50-50 kind of normal-ish fears versus crazy fears, like weird, unusual ones. And let's let's do a head-to-head -head in the weird, unusual one, Matt. Maybe you have yeah. turophobia. You might also have huh, tripophobia. Are you afraid of cheese? Or are you afraid of holes? Or or the well, how worst about if you're afraid of both? Swiss cheese. 
What if you're afraid of Swiss cheese? Yeah. <laughs> now, that's kind of why I put them together. Hmm. Now you went you went first on that on this last one, so I guess I'll I'll take the opportunity to go first on this one. Cheese versus holes. Um, I'll start with the danger level. I think this one is very obvious. Um, I think first of all, cheese, by the way, does have some level of danger. You can blue cheese is fungus. I mean, you can get poisoned by bad cheese. So there there is a risk there. However, I would argue the risk of holes to be much greater than that of cheese because you can fall into one or get tripped up on one or in other ways be injured by a hole. Rate of occurrence, I feel like uh, holes are very common, more common than cheese. I'm not just thinking big holes. You got to think holes of any shape and size, right? Holes are in everything we do every day. It's super common. And that's scary if you're, you know, if you're someone who has that fear. Lastly, positive outcomes. It's good to be afraid of some holes, like holes, like a manhole cover that's been open. Like that's a hole you don't want to fall in. But I don't know really what the upside is of being afraid of holes all the time. Now, being afraid of cheese that is, that means you're not going to be around cheese very often, so you're probably going to keep mice away. So that there's a there's an upside to that. Uh, if you're lactose intolerant, it's a great fear to have because then there's no incentive for you to eat cheese. So I think there's a little more upside on 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 cheese. I don't know, Matt. What what do you think of these two fears? Wow. So are you going with cheese? No, I'm not going to tell you till till you give me your re- your reasons, and then you give yours, and I'll I'll back it up. I do know which one I'm going with. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say almost the same things that holes are, I think, the, the more prime primordial fear of the two because, you know, when we encounter the holes in nature, you know, we're afraid of falling into holes. It's kind of like it reminds me of the fear of heights, right? Like sure. nobody's afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling off of heights um, or you're afraid of something bad happening to you while you're high up. Um you know, we're not afraid of the hole, but we're afraid of falling down the hole. And I think that's a that's a pretty reasonable and rational fear. Like, you don't want to fall down a giant hole and get stuck there forever. Like, um, cheese, on the other hand, I could see you being afraid of cheese if you are from a culture that has never seen cheese before. If you see this foreign object that people are eating and uh, using to cook with and all kinds of things like that. Cheese can be cheese can be pretty intimidating. It can it can almost look like a fungus or some kind of organism itself. Very strong like flavor to many cheeses. So so much variety and so many things can, that are considered cheese. The smells and yeah. So I don't know. I, I really I really gotta I want I really want to give this one a cheese. I really gotta find some kind of reason to give it to cheese. But I I, I I'm just kind of drawn a blank and we've got a bunch to to do still yet so i think i'm just gonna give the holes i think for me i was gonna pick holes as well and i think that's what we'll go with but for me my monkey brain right oh what is a hole a hole is a void a void that can be anything and i think that there is something fundamentally like at the base level of psychology fearful of the the unknown and the voidness of a hole and as i think about it like i'm getting a little afraid of holes right now so i can totally get where that's coming from I think the fear of cheese for me, I get your argument of like the fear of the unknown argument and cheese can be intimidating, but it's also like you can avoid cheese. I think that's one of my rate of occurrence. Like I feel like it's a lot easier to avoid cheese than it is holes. Yeah. I, I found myself really trying to justify the cheese fear. I'd really you like to meet job. somebody that's afraid of cheese and 
and kind of ask them why. Um, um, why they have hydrophobia. But, you know, as, as Friedrich Nietzsche says, um, when you stare into the cheese, the cheese stares back at you. He, he was a very smart man. Very smart man. Uh, all right, we're going to jump back over to our more traditional fear side, Matt. Uh, and I like putting these two together, kind of like uh, snakes and spiders, because we have both agoraphobia and claustrophobia, two of the most common fears in the in the world. Uh, that would be the fear of open spaces and the fear of small spaces. Huh. Okay, I guess I'll field this one first. Um, we've got... We'll start with agoraphobia, the fear of open spaces. Um, though I feel like its counterpart, claustrophobia, is more common. Uh, agoraphobia, I think, has a um, – there's an undercurrent in society that, um, that, that, all, that experiences this agoraphobia. Um, I think that right off the bat – there's one there's one that I think is more understandable from a, a fundamental level. And and I think claustrophobia, I just understand it more. Just looking at these two, uh kind of thinking about them and, and really thinking through the phobias. Claustrophobia I understand more because you know, we don't like to be constrained. We don't like to be trapped. The feeling of 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 loss of control is one of the most, I think, most human fears that we can have. One of the most fundamentally human fears, that loss of control. You know, we don't want to be we, we don't want to be bound. We don't want to be captured. We don't want to be confined. Um, we don't want to find ourselves in a situation that where we can't we can't move or we have no control over our environment. It's a very, very human fear. Um, and it's one that I think is extremely, extremely debilitating and extremely difficult to overcome. Um, agoraphobia, on the other hand, with fear of the open spaces. Um, I think that that's, that's a different kind of fear entirely, isn't it? Like, uh, any it's it's one of those fear of unknown things. Like anything can happen. We're in an open space. Like there's so much possibility. There's an infinite void of 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 um, of adversaries that that I can encounter with. Like just I don't know what's going to happen. And it's and it's it's the same kind of concept of loss of control. I think that in claustrophobia we feel like the environment has restricted us. And I think in some ways, these, this is like the same fear, right? Like agoraphobia, the environment is almost so massive that it's constricting us, that we feel so so small and so insignificant that we don't think we can, you know, uh, impact our environment the same way that someone with claustrophobia in, in a small space feels like they're trapped because they can't uh, move freely in their environment. So at the at the root, I really think it's the same fear, but I think it's 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 just expressed in, in fundamentally different uh, triggers through through different triggers. 
Um, I'll hold off on my pick. I just want to hear your thoughts on the... Uh... Yeah, I, I quite honestly, I think you nailed it. So congratulations. I think that was a very thorough and clear, and I was going to kind of repeat what, what you said. Um, I, I'll just come right out and say, I think if I have to pick between these two, I'm going to pick agoraphobia. And I think that's because in a claustrophobia situation and, and the fear of that, you, you, you do have... I feel like you have at least... You have a greater level of control, not necessarily a big one, but a greater one than agoraphobia. I just feel like the scale of claustrophobia is more manageable than the scale of agoraphobia. Because agoraphobia, I mean, agoraphobes, they don't leave their house. They, 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 you can't go outside the scale of, of, of that fear. As you mentioned, this idea of just being in an infinite universe we barely understand to just be a single individual on a on a ball of rock spinning thousands of miles per hour around a bright hot sun is like is crazy it's cra why we don't fly off this planet is bonkers it's crazy and i totally maybe just because i understand that fear better because i like on a one to ten scale of agoraphobia maybe i'm like a two like i don't fear going outside my house but like i get it uh, when it comes to claustrophobia, it's like, yeah, I get the small spaces, but maybe just because it doesn't bother me as much. Maybe I'm just personalizing this a little bit, but I just think that agoraphobia is kind of the, the not necessarily the crazier fear, but it's kind of just the broader fear, which I think makes it a little a little better. But I really could go either way. I don't know, Matt. What what do we what do you say? Um. Yeah. I I, I um. I was actually I was leaning a little bit more towards claustrophobia on this one, um, but I think your 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 reasoning is sound and the argument's pretty it's pretty reasonable. Well, we can pull um, out the tiebreaker. My, my yeah, I don't know if it'll come down to that. I just want to I want to I want to reason it out a little bit more. Um, the claustrophobia, I think that. Uh, see, I I lean a little bit more toward that claustrophobia. I I, I much prefer the open spaces to the to the closed. Um, Whereas, the, like, the claustrophobia, I can see, like, not wanting to – because you feel like you're going to get stuck, right? You're going to get trapped. You're not going to be able to get your way out. Uh, and the walls are closing in on you ever ever slowly. You just kind of – you're going to get stuck in this that one spot. Um, and that loss of control just seems a lot more present. It seems a lot more um, kind of in your face – like, you're facing face-to-face -face with these closing walls. Um, I don't know how to articulate it any better than that. I, I think I'll give it to agoraphobia. We can just choose that one. Uh, you put a, you, you put up a pretty good argument well, with, uh, I, you know, that fear of control and their fear of loss of control. And I think we both actually said that. So yeah. in different uh, words I, for, for me again, the, the simplest way I can put it is that claustrophobia is scary in the moment. Agoraphobia is scary constantly. And I think that's what makes it a better fear is that you were uh, claustrophobia is a very specific in the moment fear. It's not a daily life. The rate of occurrence of claustrophobia is far smaller than that of agoraphobia. And I think that puts it over the edge. So I'm going to make our note yeah. here in our sheet for agoraphobia open spaces. Uh, and we will continue on here uh, towards the halfway point. And we have another set of, uh, shall we say, more interesting fears, Matt. You might, put it this way, Scrooge McDuck would not like either of these fears because it is the fear of, uh, it is ablutophobia, the fear of bathing, or chromatophobia, the fear of money. Scrooge and, uh, McDuck didn't like bathing? 
No, but he would dive into the pool. I guess it wasn't really a bathtub, but the pool of money. Oh, he wouldn't have either of these fears. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This would be a bad. Both would be bad for him to have. Uh, interesting sidebar. They actually did a study, and did you know that um, Scrooge McDuck was apparently um, analyzed, and they consider him the wealthiest cartoon character of all time. I think he's the the wealthiest fictional character of all time. Yes, wealthiest fictional character yes, of all time. Yep. Absolutely. Because they analyzed like how much money he had, or they counted up yeah. all his money and some some his, his net worth. They analyzed his net worth. Someone had way too much time on their hands on that one. Yeah. Um. Pretty much. With these two fears, I think that. Whew, they're tough ones, right? Because they're very common occurrences, right? If we're going for rate of occurrence, these are two hard ones to avoid. Um. Because hypothetically, you should be using them every day. Maybe you're not bathing every day, but that's on you. Um, so rate of occurrence is very high on these. Danger level, I would really argue for both, is very low. Um, trying to think, money really has very little to no danger associated with it. Bathing, I mean, I guess you could hypothetically drown in your bathtub or slip and fall and hit your head, but really I think the danger the danger is low unless you're going to that psychological like next level shit where it's like, oh my God, I can't, my skin needs all the oils it has. I can't bathe or I'll die. Like that's a whole nother level of, of fear. Um, but I think that going between these two, ah, man, this it, it's, it's a tough one. Cause neither is, I think I have my pick Matt. Um, and I'm really just basing it on the one. I think I'm basing it on the one I understand the most. The one I get why you would have that fear. Because I think that's kind of how you have to approach these things. We're going to personalize it a little bit. We're human beings. And I think one of these I kind of understand, and one of these I really don't. I don't know, Matt. What? How are, how are you kind of deciding between these two very unique fears? I got to say, I, I, can, I think I can rationalize both of these fears. Um, I think I can rationalize the, the fear of bathing I I don't like that one I don't I don't really like that one because if you're are you if you're afraid of bathing are you I think you, you really just say you're afraid of water right like hydrophobia like well but those are you know, I mean they're technically separate fears yeah. what are you well I guess maybe maybe it's like hydrophobia combined with claustrophobia like you're afraid of water and enclosed spaces at the same time. Like, uh, I mean, what else could you be afraid of? Like a, a sea monster is going to come out of the bathtub or something? I mean, like, maybe, maybe soaps, maybe part maybe of that. Because, again, drinking, in being hydrophobic, you're not going to drink a glass of water or go for a swim. Bathing is very specific to the act of cleaning, I would assume. Yeah, maybe soaps or washcloths or things like that could frighten you um and i think that the fear of money there's there's like a couple different levels there for me i'm looking at it and i'm thinking like is it fear of the tangible money itself like the object money is it fear of having money is it fear of like possessing too much money that you think that you just don't have the um you know, you're afraid of 
if you're afraid of having too much money, you're afraid of the consequences of like the things that comes with the responsibilities that comes with, you're afraid of um, being taken advantage of because you have too much money. Are you afraid of people devaluing your own personality because you have so much money that that's really why, why people develop relationships with you? Like where the chroma chromatophobia is kind of all over the place. Like, I just don't get, is it the fear of the literal of having money or is it the fear of like touching or handling money itself? Like as an object, I might be able to um, get an answer to that actually. Because I could, I could kind of see, I could kind of see the, you know, why a fear would develop in both ways. Like money itself as a currency, you know, an object is very, very dirty. It passes hands, you know, thousands of people have, touch the same money um and the uh the the intrinsic responsibility that comes along with having money is another major major fear that i think that is totally understandable um and logical to have um at the end of the day between these two fears bathing and money I think I might go with the. Do you want me to pick first? Mm, yeah, you you tell me your pick, and I'll. Yeah, you seem you seem to be on the fence, and I get that. This was a tough one. Yeah, I think was a really tough one. I think for me, like I as I said earlier, it came down to the one that I think I understand the most, and like if I if I were suffering from which one, which one would kind of make more sense. Um, and that's why I'm picking uh, fear of money, fear of money, because I think fear of money is something, you know, that really anyone can have. I feel like living in such a, a late stage capitalist society like we do, where our entire value as a person is judged by how much money and things you have. I think that it is a more rationalized fear. I think it's a fear a lot more people suffer, especially compared to the fear of bathing, which I think is probably much more rare. Um and I think the act of bathing, while we did talk about the risks and why you might have that fear, I believe are actually much less than that of money. There actually are consequences associated with money. How, how you Your whole life is based around money. So to have that fear just makes a lot more sense to me than having a, a fear of bathing. You know, I was actually, I was on the fence, but I was definitely leaning more towards the fear of money. I was leaning towards that one more. I I think that's just a just a really interesting fear. Like I think to a degree it, it's more normal than we think, right? Like you at first glance it's like oh fear of money, you know, maybe fear of not having enough money. But I mean that's just it. Like just the fear of the concept of money itself is totally I think totally justifiable in in a society like ours. Well, like, like I, so I, yeah. like I tell people, I, I will, I never want to win the lottery. I have no interest in winning the lottery. That terrifies the hell out of me because of just the amount of stress and insanity that goes with having that much money. And so right away, I think that's a, a good pick and we're in agreement. Uh, fear of money it is. Now, uh, Matt, we're going to jump back over to the other side of the bracket, our more traditional fears. We've got two classics here going head to head, and that would be acrophobia the fear of heights versus trip 
Hispanophobia, which is the fear of needles. The fear of needles. You know, Matt, I think it's time for a sidebar. Matt, do you have any fears? Uh, As a matter of fact, Sean, I do. And these are them. These two. Whoa. Fear of heights and fear of needles. You, that was you had, purely you, by accident. It was perfect. Yeah. These are if I if I had to pick any phobias from my list and said, like, I totally have these, these are them. Um, I've I, I will say I think I've gotten better with both of them over the years. I think at a younger age, both of these would have totally, completely debilitatingly terrified me, but I, I they're still there. I don't I don't think uh this might be a, a controversial to say, but I don't think we really get over our fears. I think that no. for some, you know, to some degree, I think they're always going to be with us. But it, it's like any mental illness, Matt. You can only treat it. There is no cure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, but yeah, I would say it's these two right here. Uh, how about yourself? Do you, do you have any of these fears? Um, I don't really have any of the ones on the list today. Um, but I will say in terms of my fears, I would chalk it up to flying. It used to be a serious fear. I used, I would get like panic attacks. I I was a terrible flyer for a while. And then once I started doing it for business and and a lot more often, that's kind of been downgraded to an unpleasantness. Like I wouldn't say I'm fearful. I just don't like it. Um, and so I would probably also say, uh, travel and just being in new situations, I guess is a, is a fear. Uh, of mine that's also gotten better over time but i still don't travel too often because that's relatively unpleasant um for me so but those did not make it into our list sadly um because we have got heights and needles matt um i think it is your turn to go first and 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 you can give us firsthand experience here yeah as to which is the better fear oh man yeah i'm thinking of between the two, they've both been pretty bad. Um, I think that. All right, so we'll, we'll unpack each one. We'll unpack each one. We'll start with fear of heights. Break it down. So you're up high. That the fear of panic. Like I said, I think I mentioned it before. It's not the fear of the height. It's the fear of the fear of falling off of the height mm-hmm. uh, or being pushed. You're in a, you're in a very vulnerable place. I I always think like you're on the edge of of a cliff or even looking over. I used to get it really bad when I would go to malls and look over the railing at like on like the top floor of a mall, and I just get oh the, the vertigo would be awful. Um, yeah, it's it's that feeling of vulnerability. Like you're on the edge of this precipice, and s- somebody could just come up behind you and push you right off. And you know, before you got your bearings, you'd already be in the air, on your way down. Um. So being really high up leaves you very vulnerable. It makes you like I I always felt very very centered to the ground or like like i felt my my need or my desire to be centered was extremely high like i i wanted to just like hug the ground if i was really high up like i would get on the ground and like really try to like hang on to the ground because otherwise i would just feel like i would fall right off the edge um that or get get as far away from the edge as possible if that were a possibility 
Um, Fear of Needles. I think through the experience of, of Fear of Needles, I think that's one that's pretty common for young kids. Uh, and we kind of, some of us kind of grow out of that, but some of us don't. Like, I don't know if I fully have yet. I still try to avoid getting like shots when I can just because of uh, needles. Um, that's a, that's that one. I think I, if I had to rationalize one over the other and I think they're both pretty rational fears to have. I think I would probably say that the needles are scarier, like in terms of a rationalize that concept more because like a needle can penetrate your skin. Like, think about that. It's something that gets into your body. It can actually penetrate the inner, like, workings of your being. And what's scarier than that? What's scarier than that? What's scarier than something that can get inside of you and deposit something that wasn't there before or take something out that might be necessary? Like... So, while I weigh them in my head, I, I just want to hear your uh, yeah. just your thoughts on these. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I do think these are probably the two most practical we have in the entire bracket here. Um, and I think, as you, I won't repeat, you, you gave a good argument. There's reasons why both these things are scary, and there are fears for these, and why the fears are so common. Um, I think the the distinction you mentioned this er, i think even earlier in the show which i thought was a really good way of putting it where people aren't necessarily afraid of heights they're afraid of falling and you can't fall if you're not at a height and i feel like if this had been the fear of falling which i thought about putting in and i decided to go with heights if it was the fear of falling i might give it a little more credence um that being said i still think i'm going to choose heights and here's why Man was not meant to be that high up. Man was not meant to fly. Man was not meant to build tall buildings. We are defying God himself in doing these things. And that's why it's scary. My body, I am a 26-year-old man. My body has been poked, cut, sliced, jabbed in so many ways and so many times across my entire life. Needles, for the most part, and I know this isn't exclusive, for the most part is done in a sterile doctor's office setting. So really, the risk of the needle is rather low, to be honest. Whereas at being at a tall height, you get close, especially you know near a cliff or something without a rail or some sort of barrier protector. I, I would say I probably ha I do have a fear of falling, but as long as there's a railing, I'm pretty much okay. It's not the height; it's the falling. If you're in that situation, your risk is much greater, and your lack of control is much lower. So I think the fear of heights is the better fear because needles, while I understand the theory, if you really take the time to think about it, they're not that scary. Yeah. I think you actually won me over to the heights. I think I got to give it over to heights. I wasn't, I wasn't on needles per se. I think I was somewhere like dead in the middle, but I think your argument definitely won me over to heights. I think that just that concept of loss of control the fact that being that high up can um, can cause you to feel like you lost control or are losing control, um, that is really what's scary about the heights. That you, that at any moment, or because you could you could fall off the edge. while they're very scary, because they can get in, they, you know they they get through your skin. Uh, it's kind of like a I think it's a much more short term fear like. To get rid of the fear of the needle, you just need to discard the needle. 
But to get rid of the fear of the heights, I think you need to like actually physically move your surrounding, which can be more difficult at times. Well, yeah, I think you're going to run into heights more often than needles. Especially for flying. I mean, I really think that's where the fear of flying comes from. Again, it's really a fear of heights, really a fear of falling. If the plane was just sitting on the ground, you're not afraid of the plane. So um, I I think we're in agreement there. That's a good matchup. Matt, we have up next on our wacky side the most specific matchup (laughs) here. And I want to include both of these because they are so weirdly specific and I love them. Uh, And the first is Papaphobia, which is the fear of the Pope. The other, uh, which was pitched to us by Up for Debate fan uh, and podcaster extraordinaire Dan Miller, who really wanted us to talk about Tristidecophobia, which is the fear of the number 13. Both very specific. Uh, I think I get to go first on this one. Yeah, these are weird. These are these are kind of weird. <laughs> and at first, my very first reaction when I when I saw these head to head was, okay, the number 13 is scarier. I that immediately I said that's the better fear. And then I but then I really I really took the I really thought about it. And I said, is that true? Because you know what is scary? The Pope. If you think this all-powerful man who speaks directly to God has his own little country in the middle of another country, who has piles of jewels and rubies and controls a religion around the world. Control he controls billions of people. The largest branch of Christianity. I mean, it's is, crazy. Yeah. All-powerful, elected, quote-unquote, by by a very secretive group, serves until he dies, hypothetically. Um, There's something very scary about the... In the same way any good conspiracy theory has that villain at the top of it, I understand that the Pope makes a great foil for a fear. Now, that being said, in the defense of the number 13, I don't know why people... I I actually, I should have looked this up ahead of time, lack of preparation as to why the number 13 specifically has become kind of synonymous with fear and terror and, and Halloween and the devil and those sorts of things, but uh, why it's such an unlucky number. But um, wow, what a fantastically weird fear to be specifically afraid of a single number. Um, And I feel like that can manifest itself in so many fun ways. Like you don't, you never get a baker's dozen of bagels or you can't obviously the day of the the, the month, you can't do things on cause you're afraid and if you see like 13 children, like you run away, I don't even know what being afraid of the number 13 does to your life, but I'm kind of fascinated by like the Pope you can avoid. You can, you can successfully, av- you're not going to run into the Pope at the Kroger, but the number 13 is probably the 13th most popular number. You're going to run into it in a lot of places. And so that kind of, that I, I can really kind of see both sides of this argument. Um, I do have a pick, but, but Matt, where, what do you think of uh, the Pope versus the number 13? Hmm. Uh, this is the part of the show that where, because I get to delve into a little bit of, um, we could talk about, uh, so with Pat, with pop, papophobia, papophobia. Um, I think that's, that's really a fear that comes out of the reformation. All right. So like you have these, these you know, people who are disconcerted with, Catholicism in Europe um, and they have this fear that the Pope is you know running their lives which actually to a certain degree is a pretty justifiable reasonable 
concern um, for a lot of people. Like church, the Catholic church, which during the Reformation in Western Europe was pretty much the only church. Um, and, and you know, he did have an extra, extraordinarily high amount of power and prestige during the Middle Ages. Uh, the, the I think the fear also carried over after the Reformation into the early United States. Papophobia is extremely common among the 13 colonies, even to the point where it resulted in um, lynchings of Catholics by uh, many English and uh, German settlers. Um, the, uh, the fear of the Pope kind of synonymous with a fear of a king or a despot, like people in the early colon and, you know, early American colonists were very independent, very much laissez faire, very much like get, you know, decentralize the government, like for the most part, not, not like uniformly speaking, but for the most part, um, the Pope represented Europe, Europe and European monarchies kind of intervening in, um, this new country's affairs. And I think it was, it was more that, that kind of fear. And now we, we might think that that fear papophobia disappeared. We'd like to think that it disappeared, but it really didn't. When a man by the name of John F. Kennedy was running for president as the first Catholic, the first Roman Catholic um eventually the first Roman Catholic to hold office, the only Roman Catholic to hold office in the United States. Um, there was a lot of fears, particularly among the American South, the Bible Belt, uh, that because Kennedy was a Catholic, he was in league with the Pope directly and that he, as a Catholic, had to subordinate himself to Rome and specifically to the Pope, to the Vatican, that uh, any any law he he tried to pass, any law that he um, uh, vetoed, would all come from the, the the direct decision. You would have a pipeline to the Pope. It even resulted in a uh, um, a conspiracy theory that some people touted that uh, John F. Kennedy had a direct tunnel underneath the White House that led directly to the Vatican. This was a real conspiracy theory that awesome. people actually believed uh, that he had a direct tunnel to the Vatican, that he used it to visit the Pope and he would get official um, you know, advice or official rulings from the Pope that he would then carry back to the United States. These were the rumors that were, were going around during his first and um, during the uh, campaigning. So Pat, that's a little bit of the history of papophobia. Triskaidekaphobia, I don't know too much about. I'd really like to know more about it. There are a bunch of different, from what I could tell in reading about it um, online, there's a bunch of different sources for Triskaidekaphobia. One of them I thought was interesting, and it's interesting that you put them in the same category, these two fears, because the fear that the source I read about for, for fear of the number 13 comes from Christianity again, the fact that there were 12 disciples and then the 13th one was Judas, I think was like mm -hmm. the 13th disciple. So he's viewed as like bad luck or bad or evil. That's the only one that kind of made 
sense to me of, of where the spear originated, where it came from. Yeah, there, there, I have an interesting article here. 13 reasons people think the number 13 is unlucky. Uh, most of them are around that. You mentioned the Last Supper. Um, many believe that either the Last Supper or the crucifixion occurred on the 13th. Um, a lot of biblical references where 13 is un- unlucky. There were 13 steps to the gallows uh, historically as well. Uh, there are a bunch in here. Some of these are women menstruate roughly 13 times per year. I don't know oh. what that has to do with it. Um, a witch's coven has 13 members. Uh, 12 is considered a perfect number. It stands to reason then that trying to improve upon it by adding a digit is a very bad idea, and so on and so forth. Um, so, so Matt, which 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 one are you gonna are you gonna choose here? Which of these fears? Um, I think this is a this is a uh, is a real challenge here. I think I'm gonna give it to fear of the number thirteen. I think that's just a uh, that's just so much more debilitating to have that fear. Like like you said before, like how many times are you going to run into the Pope in your lifetime, right? Like, but the number th- if you're afraid of the number thirteen, you have to basically change your entire kind of living situation to accommodate that fear. It's a very strong fear um, to have is is this triskaidekaphobia. And it's a lot, I think it's a lot harder to overcome. Like, you know, if we're looking at a rehab situation for both these fears, like I imagine someone showing videos of the Pope doing really nice things like blessing poor and crippled people or like, uh, you know, giving a lot of money to charity or, you know, just being a really nice guy. Like Pope Francis is, he seems like everyone's favorite grandpa. Like, but the rehab for number 13 is what like how do you even like rehab that fear be like show somebody the number picture of the number 13 like and tell them it's not bad i don't know maybe show show them like happy things in sets of 13 or give them 13 pieces of candy Uh, like i think that there's a lot there's a lot more work to do a lot more work to be done to understanding this this fear uh uh, yeah matt i disagree with you i think you're wrong i'm going i'm going with papaphobia and i think that's because at the end of the day, when it comes to danger level, the number 13 is simply that. It's just a number. The Pope can actually order someone to kill you. So I think, while it's <laughs> unlikely, I agree, You're prob- it's probably not going to happen to you. The Pope has a lot more power than the number 13. Well, I think, all right, here's where I'm going to give you my rebuttal. I think that so somebody who has triskaidekaphobia can make the argument that, um, you know, they stepped on... 13 bricks coming home and now they're going to die because the universe is ordering it's it's uh rid of execution on them because the universe is out to get you if you in- invoke this number 13 yeah but the pope is a real person i can say i i broke my ankle on my way home and no oh, the pope he's up to something again he must have done this he must ask god to curse my ankle yeah, but people aren't scary. Ideas are scary. But Concepts the idea of the Pope is scary. scary. But the Pope is a is a concrete person that you can see. With his own military. Right. He does. He has the Swiss Guard. Um number 13, though, like that's much more mystical. It's much more like 
the universe is yeah, that's the number why it's 13. It's not scary. 13 is everywhere. That's why it's, it's terrifying because, I mean, like in an extreme circumstance, all right, somebody with papophobia could meet the Pope one on one in a room, like in a perfect world. The therapist would introduce this papophobic person to the Pope himself, and he could see that he is not out to get him, that they're not like, you know, something to be feared. The number 13, they can't do that. They can't sit the guy in the room with the number 13 and but be I, like, see, he's no, a regular but, guy. Yeah, sure. Exposure therapy. But I think you can more easily make the argument to someone with a fear of the number 13 that it is just a number and that there is nothing behind it. Anytime you go like, no, the Pope isn't isn't really anything to be fearful of. I listed like 20 reasons on this show why the Pope is scary and they're semi valid. Now, Matt, in the interest of time, we have got to move on, which means we are implementing break glass in case of emergency. It is time for the up for debate tiebreaker. And and the way it's going to work is I have my my D20. <laughs> and I'll let you choose, Matt, because we're gonna we're high or low. You, you the the Pope or the number Are we thirteen? The dice cam three thousand. No, the dice cam is out of commission. That only works on game nights. Okay. Uh, but right. you'll have to take my word for it when I tell you what we rolled, Matt. Uh, the Pope, high or low? High. All right. And our dice roll is a three, which means the number thirteen is our winning fear. Okay. That wasn't too bad. All right, we've got to keep chugging here. Uh, our last normal, quote-unquote, normal fear, head-to-head. Um, which of these are scarier, Matt? Do you have cholrophobia, the fear of clowns, or phasmophobia, the fear of ghosts? Oh, boy. Oh, come on. All right. This is probably the easiest one of the night. Oh, I think so, too, but please tell me you're going the other way. Okay. I- I'm really hoping that we are we are on different paths. Um, the weaker one here is fear of clowns. That's weak. It's weak sauce. I got to go with ghosts. Ghosts are scarier. Ghosts are definitely scarier. Um, ghosts are invisible. You can't see them until you see them and then they're gone. Clowns are like, they show up at your kid's birthday. Like how scary is that? I don't know. I I'm, I'm just, I, I don't really get it. I don't really get this fear around clowns. They're just they're just people with makeup. Like get over yourselves. Matt, you are you any, once any particular a, reason I should be persuaded. You're so Stupid. as always, we disagree and you are incorrect. And there's a very simple reason and it's very similar by the way to my Pope versus number 13 argument which I lost. And that is this. There once was a man named John Wayne Gacy who was literally a clown and murdered people. There is no such thing as ghosts. You are afraid of nothing. It is a <laughs> stupid fear. It is so, it is the easiest of everything on this list. It is the easiest fear to overcome because it does not exist. Period. End of story. I don't that know if say that definitively. Can you definitively say did. that ghosts do not exist? It is the official, it's in the Up for Debate canon. The our, The official stance of this program is that ghosts are not real. I Take that to that. the bank. All right. When you're, when you're walking alone, you're walking home alone on dark night, dark and quiet night. And then a red balloon floats by. Nothing, and you look around, nothing to the hear clown? but the crunching, the crunching of the um, 
fall leaves under your feet. And all of a sudden, a, a mist sets in, a, a fog sets in. Okay, and you're looking around, and you're and you're passing the graveyard. Okay, are you expecting like, are you expecting a clown to pop out, or a ghost? Uh, one of those expect- is possible, and far more likely, and that's a clown. I don't know. I, I think a, I think the ghost. And scary. clowns are like, also weird because they have no place in modern society. They're anachronistic. They have no business being here. They are from. A, I get why clowns were cool back in whenever clowns were cool, but I don't get why they're cool today. They don't make it's just odd. Nobody likes clowns. It's like being afraid of Nickelback. It's like I kind of get that. Like they're weird because why are they here if nobody likes them? They just will not go away. Hmm. See, I, I find that so ironic because clowns were at one time such a like source of joy for people. People were, were thoroughly entertained by clowns. And now we're, we're saying that yeah, they're scary. So were jesters and mimes, but, you know, taste change. I could I could kind of see it. They look kind of weird when they have all that makeup and stuff on. And you don't know who's underneath. Like, it's like a you know Scooby-Doo episode. But with a ghost, like... You also, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's very interesting that you put them both in the same category again. Like we don't know why either one of them are here. Like they both appear (laughs) and they both kind of have, they both won't uh, leave. They both won't leave. They both have, you know, something that they're, they want or are demanding of you, I guess. Um, I think that the clowns though, like. I feel like I could outrun a clown. I don't think, I don't know if I could outrun a ghost. I don't know if they'll, you know, you could ever outrun a ghost. You know, like I, I think might just always be, be there, you know? Um, very fair point. If ghosts were real, I agree. I don't think you could outrun a ghost. Just the fact that it's, you know, a supernatural force. That's that doesn't exist. Yes. Like, there mm-hmm. i don't again i don't know if we can definitively say they don't exist it's in the canon. i've never i said it ghost, it is officially in in 100 episodes have, from now it'll still be canon i mean there's got to be something there if like you know thousands of people across time have you know seen these spiritual beings yeah but matt this is this is not well, we will do a separate episode on up for debate episode not, 180 I'm question mark are ghosts like, real but that's not what this is about. It's about the fear of ghosts and the fear of clowns. I'm not saying like the I'm not saying like like the you know the ghost hunter people that go into the like I think that's all stupid. Like that's all just for show. The ghost hunt like ghost hunters and all that. But I don't know. Um with with a legitimate fear, you know, in mind of which one is the better fear. Like which one is it more reasonable is it more debilitating to be afraid of i still got to go with ghosts because if you're that afraid of ghosts and you attribute you start to attribute things happening to these ghosts or to these spirits like that can be pretty debilitating that can be pretty extreme like when we look at the criteria and it can be hard to overcome you know what I'm going to give it to clowns. All right. Good answer. Right. I think I'm going to give it to clowns because. I'm writing it down. Because that that's equally hard, if not even more hard to overcome. Like there's that fear because 
I don't know. Just fear of ghosts kind of seems more, it's like more childish. Like, Well, I, I, for me, a fear of ghosts is a symptom of a broader psychological problem. Like, doctor, I'm hearing voices and seeing things that aren't there. No, that's not a fear of ghosts. You're crazy. That's what I'm saying. When, when it comes to clowns, I totally get, okay, I understand. Makes sense. They're in your face. They're aggressive. Nobody wants them. Clowns suck. Yeah. I mean, you believe you believe you, 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 you can't really you can't do that. Really because they're not real. Because they don't exist. Okay, we got it. We got to move on. I don't think that argument flies. It so that, flies. Because you say they don't exist, exist. doesn't mean they don't actually exist. They don't have definitive proof that they don't. Or that they do. It's like being afraid of zombies. It's like that's a stupid fear because it's not a real thing. Anyhow, we are over an hour already, so we have to get to our final matchup of the night before people shut off their podcast players. And that would be, um, it's on our more fun side, and this is perfect, very timely, uh, and that would be Sam Samhainophobia, which is the fear of Halloween, or Diphenophobia, the fear of dinner parties. Matt, why don't you start us off? What's going on with these? Um, the diphenophobia, the fear of dinner parties, like, is that just the same as being afraid of, like, people? It's, it's a like social a, anxiety, like, I would say. Yes, yeah, so, so that's what I meant. Like, a, a, so that seems more like a social anxiety. Like, But, but I just like, because there are other fears for anxiety. This is specific to dinner parties. Dinner parties. Yeah. So being afraid of attending a dinner party or afraid yes. of hosting a dinner party. It did not say, but it's not like being afraid of parties, uh, of a rave Just or of a baseball like game. Thing. Just dinner parties. All right. I, I don't get I don't get that. I don't, I just don't get the dinner. I don't get why you'd be afraid of a dinner party. I can get why you would have a social anxiety. That's a legitimate. I think a a a um a very real anxiety for sure. For then I think it affects way more people than most of the things on this list. Social anxiety, but like dinner parties specifically to have that like specific, that sounds like a result of a traumatic experience. Like something really bad must've happened at a dinner party in your childhood to, to make you have a specific phobia of dinner parties. Um, in which case, yeah, that, I mean, it's, that's a totally real legitimate fear. Um, fear of Halloween. Uh, you know, Halloween is scary. It's a scary time. People dress up in costumes, do all kinds of different things. Both of these are, to an extent, I think, a, a so very social phobias. Fear of uh, social events you know, to take part in our society. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you What do you think about these? Um, well. I, I would make the argument I, I, I have some degree of a fear of dinner parties. I get anxious before dinner parties. I, I don't find them very pleasant, um, but that's true of most social situations. So I, I can't really specifically parse out dinner parties above anything else. Um, but for me, I think the fear of Halloween is kind of a weak fear. Like if that's your really like of all the fears, that's your fear. It's one night a year. There's really the danger level on Halloween in reality, in the movies, oh my goodness, you would think everyone gets murdered on Halloween. But in reality, it's a pretty mild day of the year. Like, I feel like Fourth of July is more dangerous than Halloween. It's not a, there's really not much to be a, it's a, 
mostly a children-based holiday, maybe the occasional hooligan. But really, Halloween is a fun holiday. So I don't, I don't, unless they're talking about specifically Halloween the movie, but I think that's unlikely. So I think, I think Halloween is a weak fear. And I'm going to, I would give it to dinner parties because I think that's a thing people actually suffer from. And I think that there is degree, again, it goes back to social anxiety, but I think to some degree, it's a semi-justified fear if you're going into a dinner party where you may not know the people or the hosts, or you may be expected to bring something, or, you know, just being uncomfortable in social situations. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, well, is it, it, I mean, we're really getting into the, the depths of psychology here now, but is a fear anxiety well an anxiety is a side effect of a it's a symptom of a fear it's the outcome i am afraid of something it makes me anxious so yeah so okay so a fear causes anxiety sure um so in this case are we really afraid of dinner parties or are we just anxious about them like do they just make people uncomfortable are people? I mean, this this sounds like something that people are legitimately afraid. Like they're like, I won't go to a dinner party. I won't like host a dinner party ever. Like I'm afraid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what might happen at them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm afraid of you know something going terribly wrong at a dinner party. Mm-hmm. I think I get it to some degree. I think I get it. I think I understand like the awkward silences. You know, maybe it's people you don't know, or maybe it's, you know, we're too comfortable, too settled, and something just bad out of the blue can happen because, you know, that's how it always is, the calm before the storm. Maybe that that's some reasons to be afraid of, of dinner parties. But be that as it may, I, I think that uh, I think that being afraid of Halloween is a pretty childish thing, like... Unless something unless something really traumatic happened to you during Halloween and you fear and, and you loathe it to a certain degree, just being afraid of it for, for just because of like the hype or around the holiday itself, I don't think is is that great of a fear. So I gotta give this one to dinner parties. And, and I gotta be honest with you, Matt. That for me is the upset of the bracket because when I included that, I'm like, that's not a very interesting or aggressive fear by any stretch. But I think putting it up against Halloween kind of made it, you know, really helped out a lot. So Yeah. Who who knows how far it'll go, but Well Matt, would you like to hear a little preview of our of our Elite Eight, which we'll get to on our next episode? Sure. Here we go. These are these are your matchups for the Elite Eight on next week's episode. It's gonna be Snakes versus open spaces but you don't want to find snakes in your open spaces we'll also see the battle of heights versus clowns in addition we'll see holes versus money which if you're in one of those countries that has holes in your money pay no attention and then lastly the number 13 versus a dinner party now next week on our episode we are going to go through all of them and we're going to do the elite eight the final four the whatever they call the last two, the championship game, and we will pick a winner. There will be a single winner at the end of this thing, but you'll have to tune in next time to find out. For part two of Cheers for Fears, that is going to do it here. Now, Matt, um, I'm, 
I, I don't know what order the episodes are going to be released in because we have the movie draft sitting in a closet and I don't know if it will be released next week and we'll just do it in between and break these up. We may do these back to back and do it after that. I'll just tease everybody. We did the movie draft. It's already happened. Um, and it was a ton of fun. We had 10, uh, 10 players, five teams, uh, and under an hour, we gave away 30 movies. We had a lot of fun doing it. It was, I think one of the best we've ever done. So look forward to that coming up on the feed. In addition to part two of this episode, you can get everything you need to know on our website at upfordebate.tv. I won't go through the whole list. Click the subscribe button there. You'll get links to everywhere you can A, get the episodes, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, all that, and where you can follow us on Twitter at UpfordebateTV, on Facebook uh, where we stream live uh, these episodes and more, um, and you can give us your feedback. Don't panic. I'm not UpfordebateTV at gmail.com. My goodness, do too many of these. All right. We're way over time. Thanks, everybody. Hope uh, you had as much fun as we did going through these. Have a fun and exciting Halloween. Have no fear, because we solved all of them for you. That's it. We did it. You're welcome, America. Uh, On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for more great discussion here on Up for Debate.